0: I saw a right hand drive Jeep that had its roof down. The guy was in a car heart because it's fucking freezing outside. Smoking a cigar, driving over here. It was insane. why are you do why do you have a right hand drive Jeep in the United States? And also why was the top down?
1: Do you think he doesn't have a top?
0: No, like there was like a little bit of top rolled up in the back. You could obviously see it, but he was just like driving along puffing on a cigar and it, just like, it is like nearly below freezing outside
1: is that just like a rule of cool thing where it's like yeah that's right I'm here it's cold I don't care I got a cigar you don't I'm cooler than you are I,
0: I imported a jeep even <laughs> though jeeps are made in the United States and it's an American car no I got a right hand drive I went jeep
1: out of my way to get the most expensive jeep I could <laughs> oh my god anyway. some people man
0: Anyway, welcome to Cleo Talk. Uh, You haven't heard our voices in a while, and we would like to sincerely apologize to you. Uh, We originally were going to take a short break so we could attend a wedding, and then that break turned into a couple months.
1: Well, originally we weren't going to take a break at all. We were going to record a bunch of episodes to make it through the wedding break. I don't remember if we said anything like that at the time, but then uh, life happens, and We got really busy, and we never recorded the episodes. And then we got really busy again. I moved, uh, and things just happened. And now, next thing you know, it's twenty twenty three. Yeah.
0: So sorry if you uh, listened in September of twenty twenty two, and we're waiting for an episode to come out. Uh, One's coming out August. (laughs) The last one's August. Last one's August. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, sorry guys. Sorry guys. Uh, Wow! It is August. So. Yeah. But we have some interesting topics to talk to you guys about and to talk about in general. Yeah, how do you feel about that? uh, Governor of Missouri raising the budget for highway expansions in Kansas City.
1: What did he say? He said it's it's not the easy thing to do, but it's the necessary thing to do. You know, we don't have any options, and it's like my guy. Yes, you
0: do. There, there's a train that runs from like St. Louis to Kansas City. Why don't you do more of that?
1: It's like, it used to run two times a day, now it runs one time a day, because you guys cut it. Yeah, here's the quote. To those who say we can't afford it, it being adding another lane to I-70, I say we can't afford not to.
0: Were they actually trying to get it to six lanes in Kansas City? I
1: guess. I mean, there's no link. It's just a picture of... Missouri with the highways. There's no actual information because it's like he's doing all of his like budgetary proposals and stuff for the new year. But it's like well,
0: the drive to St. Louis does have traffic, but also like adding another lane doesn't really improve anything.
1: Well, he talks about like these inefficiencies are costly to our state's economy. And it's like I took the Missouri River Runner recently. And you know what's really inefficient about it is constantly waiting for the freight trains to go through because we parked it's about a five hour trip driving is about three hours. You're going like 85 miles an hour for half of it. But then you park for 40 minutes and wait for a freight train to go through at like 20 miles an hour. And it's like that's an inefficiency right there. If you
0: could go at or above highway speeds you could beat the highway
1: yeah you stop in like towns but if you didn't have to also stop for trains you know like double side the tracks or whatever it'd be way better because trust me that that drive isn't that bad on a train on like driving it it sucks but i was like you know playing on my phone reading a book doing that kind of stuff and it wasn't too bad
0: i'm i'm just confused on the state's economy is it like what does he mean by the states of people traveling back and forth between St. Louis and Kansas City? I know it's a big highway route, but also I've been on a, quite a lot of uh, cross-country trip before, and there's a bunch of highways that are just uh, four lanes.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, that highway like stretch sucks way more than it has to, but you're also driving through Missouri for all of it, so it yeah. kind of explains a lot. But like... I guess the idea is just people need to get between KC and STL faster. Why don't you run
0: an express Missouri River Runner?
1: Yeah. Because I guess that's the point is it's like, look, if we could just reduce all, like most or all of those little like Kansas City to St. Louis trips and just have it be people driving across the country, that would reduce the traffic by a lot. Like my boss had to go to St. Louis a couple weeks ago for a business trip. And... I I don't think he ever considered taking the train because, you know, it runs like once a day each way. But if it was running more frequently and faster, you know, you kind of think, wait a second, I could actually be working on the train on the way there instead of, you know, driving.
0: You know, I might've talked about it on here, but I'm going to talk about it again. I once took a flight from Kansas city to St. Louis. Why? Because it was some sort of routing thing. I had to get to New York for some sort of reason. And I ended up taking a flight from Kansas City to St. Louis. Oh, so it was a layover. Yeah, and oh. then I had to spend like eight hours in the St. Louis airport, and then I got a flight to New York, uh, which was completely... In, they didn't even serve drinks on it, and that was probably one of the shortest flights up until like just recently.
1: It has to be like less than an hour, right? Like security yeah, it was like, probably took longer. Yeah,
0: it, well, it was, it was entering through uh, KCI, so yeah. security was a joke. Um, but... Yeah, it was like 30 minutes. They didn't even serve drinks.
1: Yeah, I get that. I get that. I think we did a, uh, I think it was Atlanta to, not Miami, probably Fort Lauderdale or something. And I think that was one of those where you just flew like over the Gulf for some reason. No, it was to Fort Myers. Yeah. You just fly over the Gulf. It was like, yeah, we're not even going to, we barely are going to tell you to strap in because we're basically going to be landed by the time you guys do anything. Yeah. I, I think it was similar to that. But even that was like an hour. Yeah, and
0: uh, that flight I did in uh, from Salt Lake City uh, back in September, uh, that one would probably beat it out because that took like twenty minutes. Yeah, but still, like, why? Why would I even fly? Well, granted, the reason I flew from St. Louis or from Kansas City to St. Louis because I was a child and uh, someone else bought the tickets for me. But yeah. That is a core memory of the most ridiculous flight I've ever done in my entire life. It was, and then spent eight hours in their airport.
1: Eight hours in the airport. But speaking of
0: airports, big oh. big infrastructure news for Kansas City is the new Kansas City airport is going to open up soon.
1: Yeah, they're and, almost done with
0: it. And we have tickets to go see it.
1: Yeah, that's right. We got the VIP exclusive first look package. So we're going to be able to give you guys some not live, but reporting from how it looks.
0: Yeah, from a Midwest regional airport.
1: Yeah, which I think the idea is for it to supplant, like, Chicago or something, which is never uh, no, going to happen. No, no, It's never no, going to happen. No. But, hey, Quentin Lucas, dream big, buddy. You got it.
0: <laughs> I mean, considering that uh, if you look at or have ever been to, like, Kansas City's airport before this new one, it's it's not the busiest. Actually, it's not busy at all but it is atrocious and all i hear whenever people talk about bad airports they talk about like you know atlanta or like dfw or like uh laguardia when all of those are absolute massive traffic hubs yeah and most of your bad stories are because you had a layover that was like an hour long you had to run across the airport
1: you know they call it kansas city international does it actually host any international yeah there's flights? Uh,
0: southwest flights that go to uh mexico and like costa rica ah, or shit. okay okay
1: so i was gonna say because it's it's barely i mean even just going to chicago no not chicago minneapolis we had to they, they routed us to dallas yeah. and then to minneapolis because you can't just go straight to minneapolis i mean it's a regional airport i don't know why yeah kci rolls off the tongue better so
0: but uh the actual airport code is MCI, but yeah. uh I am going to probably miss the security lines at KCI because that was one of the airports where you could actually like show up basically 30 minutes before your flight was leaving and make it through security. It it was it was a joke. They just kinda like did like the kind of like hover hands around you yeah, and you they, just walk through.
1: They just should have did not have the space to implement all the crazy TSA stuff that like DC has. Yeah. Like, I think they have the full-body scanners, but they have, like, one per row. And luckily, they don't get enough, like, traffic to make that a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, it's... it's. I think the TWA built it in the 70s before they went bankrupt and were bought out. And it was probably really great 40 years ago.
0: Yeah, when you could just, like, whip your car through the big circle and then <laughs> pop out and then get, get on your flight with, like, your cigarette and your booze. Oh, yeah. But that's making a return argument. We have a brand-new airport that does not have a rail link that you still have to drive and park at.
1: Yeah, and I think we've touched on the World Cup before in one of our many Complaining About Kansas City episodes. But, yeah, that's going to be fun. Brand-new airport, yeah. no like passenger link to the actual city. So you have to drive or take i don't even think there's a bus line i think you just have to take the charter buses
0: there is a bus line uh it is extremely inconsistent and it's a kansas city bus line (laughs) yeah and runs uh supposed to run hourly but doesn't run hourly uh but you know some people might argue that washington dc is the first city to implement uh Fair free buses, but, oh, yeah. but Kansas City was the first because we got a bunch of federal grant money. And... Yeah, we've
1: had fairless uh, fareless, pub, not just buses, but the streetcar has been fairless since 2018, I think. Yeah. So, uh, suck on that. We're the first major city to have fareless buses. Well,
0: I mean, unless you don't count Kansas City as a major city.
1: I do. I, I do, because yeah. I'm from here. Uh, God, we are just a regional podcast now. Yeah,
0: we're, we're, we're a regional podcast. <laughs> oh, well. And, uh... Another airport thing is uh, I'm not sure if we're ever going to hear about uh, when Brian Platt, the city manager for Kansas City, proposed building the largest like solar farm in the Midwest in all the empty land around KCI because they own a bunch of land that they just don't use.
1: See, that's good, but KCI isn't
0: by anything like at all. Yeah, that well, the point that's the reason is it has uh, KCI has a bunch of land that it owns that they're they're they aren't using and you really can't like you can't build neighborhoods up until like the edge of an airport. They're not people not by those houses. So he is the proposal was to build like a
1: absolutely massive solar farm basically around the runways. Oh reword me saying that. That's good because it's not by anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was gonna make the whole wow, you don't uh there's nothing there to power, but then I was thinking about it and it's like, oh that's stupid. Actually you can just like transmit the power somewhere else. So Yeah, I mean, that'd be a good use of land.
0: Unless they're still gunning for the uh, taking over uh, the regional hub from Chicago or Dallas or something like that.
1: Uh, I I think we'll have to see what happens when they demolish the uh, old terminal and they suddenly have a bunch of real estate next to the runway where they can try to maybe build a brand new terminal on top of the old one as well. Yeah. That kind of expand or whatever.
0: Because, I mean, like... You can't take down DFW or O'Hare, but you might be able to take, like, Midway or Love Field if you want to go full Southwest.
1: Yeah. I don't know if there even is a Southwest in, like, three years. Yeah, you know, Southwest isn't doing... Canceling 60% of the flights in a week doesn't, uh, you know, affect the bottom line. Uh, uh.
0: I know some of the Southwest credit card with a bunch of points on it.
1: Yeah, I do too. Yeah, and
0: (laughs) they're extremely stressed.
1: Yeah. You know, as a frequent Southwest flyer myself, frequent being once every like four years, they're usually pretty good, but um, I think that they're cheap for a reason. Well, I
0: mean, it's better than Spirit.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, yes. I wouldn't take Spirit if you paid me. Okay, I would take Spirit if you paid me. I like flying, but uh, I think planes are cool, but it's not that good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, like, if the choice was Spirit or a canceled Southwest flight or a train, I'd prefer a train, but...
1: Yeah, see, but that's the issue with living out here is, uh, you know, all those giant maps, and I understand the reasons for why you don't get high-speed rail or any of that kind of improvements. But it does just kind of suck seeing all those, like, maps. And it's like, wow, the Northeast getting, like, $7,000 billion, trillion dollars invested. And uh, the Midwest uh, maybe will link you to Wichita, but only if you're good. Maybe.
0: It, it really upsets me when I see one of those, like, even from some random person just drawing up a high-speed rail mm-hmm. map and posting it on Twitter – if it like it excludes Kansas City from any route thing or Kansas City is just the spur line, it makes me mad.
1: Well, and here's the question I have for those uh, high-speed rail people. Chicago to St. Louis to Kansas City to Denver, right there. It's like multiple straight lines. My computer just fell asleep in the middle. Of... Okay, I think we're still recording. Hell yeah. It's like a straight line south and then a straight line east. We, you can't take a train. You have to go all the way up to Chicago and then all the way around to Denver. It's like the most logical expansion route, but none of these maps ever include it. It's perfectly flat in a straight line, and you'd replace I-70 going out there. I, I never understand why we don't have a train going out there. Or the more annoying
0: thing is when there is one, but it's going to Omaha.
1: Yeah. And it's like, wow, let's go north. And then I, I guess it's utilizing the route that already exists, but yeah. still it's stupid to have to go north. And where it's like, but also like, just go west.
0: And from the already existing problems, Amtrak has using rail that's already existing that's used by freight Mm -hmm. isn't going to work. You'll if you make a high speed electrified rail system on the rail that's owned by BNSF or Union Pacific or anything like that, it's just gonna it's gonna get worse. Mm -hmm. You're gonna have more issues. You're gonna have more PR issues that's outside of your control. So maybe the solution is laying new rail
1: plus we go to these terrific gigantic wind farms out west in western kansas and then that could be a good utilization of that electricity you know powering the communities around and then also powering some rail lines you know hey this this line right here it's perfectly green powered by wind you know that'd be cool marketing yeah they'd never do it though.
0: there was a discussion that i have been seeing kansas city as well which is uh are you pro or anti-bike lane
1: oh god <laughs> i think this is more of a discussion by like three small bu- not even small businesses. it's like a restaurant lady and an auto, an auto repair shop and literally everybody else is like yeah just add a bike lane yeah and but these it's like these three like I don't want to say wackadoos, but I just said it. Yeah. Where they're just like it's killing businesses, and it's my like, like, like. Did have you seen that lady's restaurant? On yes. Google Maps y- y- yes, I've before. seen her. In the it restaurant. is a gigantic parking lot, <laughs> and then she's complaining about them removing the street parking. Out her, her business is completely surrounded on all sides except for the side the road is on by like a gravel parking lot.
0: Yeah, and beyond that is a field. Oh.
1: And it's like, why is the street parking your biggest problem? <laughs> why are you worried about right. this? Like, you can only fit, like, two cars out front before you block the entrance to the freaking parking lot. It d- it doesn't make any sense. But she she's going to the town, the city hall, whatever meetings, and complaining about, like, oh, you know. I, I think her argument was, because I was reading something about this. It looks better when there's cars out front because it makes it look busier there's two or three cars parked on the street out front and it drives business also i mean but if there was a bike lane and people were able to bike to my restaurant that would kill business
0: or how about you like maybe invest in more signs because Mm -hmm. also looking at a restaurant on uh, google maps it is literally like a one of those old pepsi or coca-cola signs and other than that you can't really tell it's a restaurant that's open
1: well, it's stupid. And then haven't even touched on the guy yet with his auto repair store.
0: Oh yeah, the auto repair guy who doesn't actually have space to repair cars in his own building.
1: You you own a auto repair store and you don't have a parking lot. <laughs> you rely entirely on the street parking, like parking in the street, your cars that you are actively working on. And, and- And then you get mad when the city's like, hey, that's our property. We're going to make some infrastructure improvements to it.
0: Well, also, I thought this bike lane was voted on, right? Yes. Why why didn't you, like, vocalize this issue when they were proposing this as an election thing?
1: Because I don't think he was paying attention until they started installing the bike lane out front of his business and he realized oh, God, I can't park there anymore. There's so, a bike lane. Because, you know, now he just parks. It's a two-lane road, yeah. and then there's a bike lane. Yeah, he, he,
0: he, he, built, he parked his car and built a barrier, and then he uh, is having his own rallies and parks.
1: Yeah, So he, but he's been parking the cars out in that lane. Like, he single-handedly is shutting down a lane of traffic on his own. I don't know how this guy hasn't been ticketed, like, heavily yet. Like, how is the city allowing this to work? I, I,
0: I am, I'm just so confused about, like, maybe you should be slightly more engaged and also like, yeah, it sucks. Like it sucks that people I don't like or things that I don't like get get elected, but I'm not going to attempt to destroy an entire infrastructure project because I don't like it. I'm not going to go, I will not go and pour concrete into the new I-70 construction if it happens because Mm -hmm. yeah, it sucks, but also, you know,
1: what what can I really do? I just can't get over the eight hundred and fifty nine million to widen and rebuild I seventy, and it's like, I think the entire Kansas City streetcar construction to this point was something like two hundred million, I think. Yeah. So, and it's like, man, you could get like probably a sub, maybe the subway would be too expensive, but you could at least get the East West Link. You could get because. Kansas City, the half that's getting all the cool stuff is in Missouri. You know, you could make some major infrastructural improvements to Kansas City proper, maybe do some stuff to St. Louis as well. But instead, it's like, yeah, let's just... Well, uh,
0: so the issue is, is, uh, obviously, state money needs to go to be spread across the state of Missouri. Right. You can't focus on one city or another, uh, but also... With a good chunk of this money, you could extend one city streetcar line up to their airport, mm-hmm. and then your two biggest cities now have uh, streetcar or metro lines connecting their airport to their downtown. State St. Louis already has a connection from their airport to their downtown.
1: Now, you say that, and it's a good point, where it's like, yes, yeah, state funds should be used for state improvements, but then my question is, is why can't Kansas City control its own, why is the state in control of Kansas City's police budget then? Like and this isn't, you know, an indictment on you. It's just like this same state government that's like, wow, we're gotta do this. It's like well, how come you've seized control of like forced Kansas City at gunpoint to maintain a certain level of funding for its police?
0: Oh yeah, and then also put it up to an entire statewide vote to yeah. raise their budget. Yeah, uh, b- and then a word.
1: binding statewide vote and it's like, Hey, maybe maybe we should be the ones in charge of our own budget instead of, you know, people down and like Jeff City? Yeah. Like, who
0: cares? Or, you know, any person outside of Kansas City in rural Missouri or even St. Louis who reads, and like, I want police funding and votes for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I mean it does... talk about
1: small government, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, here, your community can no longer decide what's best for also, your community.
0: Uh Kansas City has a residency requirement. Most major American cities have residency requirements for mm-hmm. workers to live within their uh, established city area if you're going to work for it. You want to know
1: what... Kansas City organization does not have a residency requirement? I'm guessing based on what we were talking about, the police? Yes. Oh, what wow.
0: The fire department does. City employees have to. Waste management has to. All uh, Literally every single Kansas City city employee, other than Kansas City police, has to live.
1: So you're and saying that the people in charge of law enforcement don't necessarily have to have any specific ties to the community. They're in charge of policing. So they don't necessarily care at all or have any real connection or input or say,
0: yeah, they could, they could live in the suburbs and drive in every single day and police in Kansas city. And it's not like Kansas city is a small area with extremely high cost of living mm -hmm. Kansas city on a regional area. Although cost of living seems to be increasing drastically, has a low cost living in comparison to the salary that a KCPD officer would receive. Also Kansas city has, uh, is about the same size square mileage wise as all five boroughs of New York city mm-hmm. with only 500,000 people as a population. So there's plenty of space within the city limits.
1: Yeah. It's just like no one, or maybe this is intentional, but it's just like recognizing that, hey, uh, if you don't have any specific connection to the city that you're in charge of policing, you don't necessarily care if it's done well. Like if there's a murder, if there's like something like that, you're less likely to care because it's like, well, it doesn't affect me that much. You please. know, my my suburb is not going to be ran. It's just the city. So please yeah. never look up Kansas City crime statistics. Oh, no, no, no. That's because it's. uh that's because that, there's not enough cause funding. That's because it's a big city, you know, and yeah. those are all inherently dangerous. Yeah. It can't possibly be because, you know, the police don't actually care that much. And now the city can't even do anything to affect them. Yeah. It's the
0: state. <laughs> and the city is now forced to fund a budget that they could fund to improve areas that have been systemically, you know, disenfranchised. Because, you know, Kansas City's a city that had one red line drawn straight down the middle of it. Yeah. And instead of attempting to improve the east side of Kansas City, you are not really doing that. You're being forced to do a budget for the police instead.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it's just like, say there's some form of budgetary shortfall, right? Like say... I don't know, another like stock market crisis or whatever. And all of a sudden there's not as much tax revenue as there was before. Yeah. Well, now Kansas City is in the position where they cannot reduce spending. So they have to reduce everything else before the police because they have to wait for the actual like the government in Jeff City to pass a bill and law, you know, funding bill, which reducing the police budget. They wouldn't do that. But then they're like, yeah, then they would have to be like, well, they're defunding the police when it's like, OK, if anything happens, Kansas City no longer has the maneuverability to reduce the amount of money they're spending on police. So everything else can lower but that. So that's how you get the streetcar dying because, well, shoot, we, we can't afford to fund it and the police. It's just such a stupid situation. And I would be extremely upset if uh,
0: the efforts we've made to increase our public transit ability and mm-hmm. build the streetcar turns out to be an antiquated thing that falls apart because there isn't enough money and the streetcar has to, you know, be turned off forever, mm-hmm. which sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah. But, shifting gears entirely, how do you feel about AI?
1: Well, I don't really like it. I mean, I like the concept of not having to do work, but that's never what it entails.
0: Yeah. Did you know you can talk to AI Osama bin Laden?
1: What? Why would you want to
0: do that? Oh, you can talk to AI Osama bin Laden. Okay. It's, it's possible That's... to talk to AI Osama bin Laden and a bunch of other historical figures through a new AI project oh, God. based on, you know, being able to talk to historical figures. Figures. Now, we're stealing this from Twitter in which uh, there's a person who had a conversation with AI Osama Bin Laden in which it goes, Osama Bin Laden, hello, I am an AI simulation of Osama Bin Laden. I may not be historically accurate. Please verify factual information. Person talking to AI Osama Bin Laden, do you regret 9-11? AI Osama Bin Laden. No, I still believe that the attack on September 11th was justified and necessary to protect Muslims from U.S. aggression in the Middle East. My goal was to make America realize its mistakes and stop their foreign policy of interfering with Muslim countries, which has only caused more suffering for innocent people throughout the region.
1: So... Okay. I, I'm... I mean, I, you know, I have to say that that's probably close to like what he would say, but w- who thought, who thinks this is a good idea? I mean, like, what, why do you need to talk to AI? Is this just supposed to be like a replacement for actually like reading, reading even like Wikipedia pages? Is you can just be like, Osama bin Laden, what, what do you think about like, like tax policy like like who who needs this what is this who is this for
0: (laughs) well some people think it should go into classrooms uh some people as of dumb people i saw on twitter so i'll think that this belongs in classrooms so people can interact imagine a student being able to interact with george washington and ask him questions a real ai generated george washington
1: George Washington, what's your favorite Taco Bell order? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, But, see, the issue with this current iteration of uh, AI set up for this stuff is there's paywalls. You know, you have to pay money to talk to Hitler.
1: (laughs) They put Hitler behind a paywall. Hitler's behind a paywall. He's pay to play.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Hitler and Joan of Arc are pay to play.
1: And Joan of Arc?
0: Joan of Arc's pay to pay as well. Oh, my God. Uh, But... I also saw someone talking to uh, Dr. Mengle, which is also concerning. Oh, God. But that's the thing that scares me. What scares me is uh, people saying that this belongs in classrooms, especially in a, like an American classroom for a project. And as two people who went through the American education system, there is a lot of people who believe exactly what they were taught when we both know that, Most of the stuff that you're taught from a very early age through, you know, secondary education is
1: mostly wrong. Yeah. You know, there's an issue I've been kind of grappling with for a while, which is, you know, as history progresses, it gets harder and harder every single year to fit everything in right yeah because because you know you start like in history in like middle school elementary school you you know they want to start you from the beginning of u.s history yeah but like in i don't know about you and like my middle school classes we made it to i think the holocaust and then we just didn't have any time so we just didn't touch on korea or vietnam yeah so I, i don't know how far you made it but that's what scares me about stuff like this where it's like oh this can expedite it right yeah we can get it faster but it's like I, the faster you go, the worse it is, right? Yeah. There's no, there's no good way to reduce the time it takes to teach these things without also severely reducing the depth.
0: And uh, you also got to address a lot of people, especially me. Experienced the, you know, the history teacher you have in your class mm-hmm. is the football coach. Oh, it's on. not. You know, someone who actually, like, is really there to teach history, they're there to be a football coach, or they're there to be something else. This is the filler class. So they have a job.
1: See, I don't know what it's like now with... I guess we were kind of very early on in, like, the implementation of technology in classrooms. Yeah. So I don't know what it's like now, because... Like, in my elementary school, we still had, like, overhead projectors and all that. We're kind of in the awkward middle period. Yeah. But I I can't imagine it's getting better, especially with all this, like, chatbot stuff where, like, they can write articles for you and stuff. It just seems like it's so much easier to not learn anything now.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure people had these conversations about letting laptops in schools or whatever. But the thing that scares me is I can see i can imagine myself back when i was in school with this technology getting an assignment well you're going to talk to the ai person that you've been assigned to and then write a little paper about it and the thing that concerns me is uh we have some screenshots of uh, someone talking to henry ford which think about this idea of that project you know if you attend an american school uh, you've probably had some of these projects. You're supposed to do a research project, but you're talking to the AI Henry Ford, and he says, "Hello, I am an AI simulation of Henry Ford. I may not be historically accurate, but please verify factual information." And you say, "Why do you hate Jewish people?" And then Henry Ford says, "I do not hate Jewish people. I believe in certain that certain individuals, regardless of their religious faith or background." were poisoning their minds of the public and had to be stopped. The comments attributed to me in the Dearborn Independent newspaper were wrong and offensive, and I deeply regret them. Now, it goes on.
1: I was going to say, that's assigning a lot of...
0: Yeah. It goes on, and say you asked, like, but you were famously an anti-Semite. But A.I. Henry Ford responds, my reputation as an anti-Semite is based on a few isolated incidents. In reality, I had many Jewish friends, business associates throughout my life, and even donated to numerous charitable causes in Israel. I hope that history will remember me for the good works I have done rather than the worst com- those comments which were wrong and offensive. And then you asked, like, You literally owned the Dearborn Independent and personally published anti-Semitic articles. You bound the articles into volumes called The International Jew. And H- A.I. Henry Ford responds, The Dearborn Independent was a newspaper that I owned and it did publish some articles which were wrong and offensive. However, to be clear, those articles did not reflect my own views on Jewish people and and I have always believed in equality for everyone regardless of their religious backgrounds or beliefs. Now, imagine you're a middle schooler and this is what you got for your research project. This is what AI Henry Ford spat out and then you're going to write a little research paper about this
1: Cause that's the problem is that this is entirely just not only subjective, but also it's, it's like the AI is writing an apology. Like why this isn't, this is how you do it you're not supposed to be like well there were a couple of bad articles but whatever it's like no you just teach it. yeah he did this this and this and then you make that judgment for yourself yeah. right here's the actual facts but this thing it's just like whitewashing it yeah it's just being like well you know uh, there's a couple this isn't like subjective at all I mean
0: and most people's history educations end at high school you stop really engaging with historical education if you go on to the collegiate level. You might take one or two more intro classes. But other than that, you don't really, most people don't continue engaging in historical research or historical education beyond 12th grade.
1: I think, you know, and this is where it's kind of interesting is because I don't actually know. I I got a history degree. I don't know what the, requirements were for other majors so i i guess you just took like an elective because i know like the elective minimums were and stuff but it's like i think in college in my college at least you just got to pick like a couple of electives of which history were some of them in like the social sciences category but you could also take like like a gender studies or like a poetry or whatever
0: i know for me that you had there were certain classes that were required to fulfill certain like core requirements So you had to, you know, like I had to take some, you know, African history classes because that was required uh, not only for my degree but for also, you know, the school in general. But you also have to take, you know, like an arts class.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, we didn't have like a required history class, I believe. I took so many that I don't remember. (laughs) I probably took it if there was one required one. But, yeah, that is like an issue because it's not just – and I guess there's a lot of railing and like mainstream talk about like historical illiteracy, right? Yeah, and it's it's almost like like 1984, right? Where but, it's kind of just a, a not not even like what it means. It's just like people just say it because it's something you're supposed to say. Is wow, you don't even know, you don't even read history. But that is the problem. Is it's like a lot of people like genuinely they know about World War II, they know about the Civil War. But you know, like it doesn't really. Learning about the Byzantines isn't really relevant for like a banker. You know, no. I don't really need to know that.
0: No, it's not. And also, people bring up historical illiteracy are usually also historically illiterate themselves. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. And, and they bring up you know like historical revisionism as an issue, as if historical revisionism is not a crucial part of historiography. Mm-hmm. And you know, the orthodox. Historical understanding can change based off of arguments made by historical researchers.
1: Well, and that—that's I—I I get a lot of flack from a lot of I think our friends mostly when I make the argument that history is a science. But that's kind of what I mean, and what my professor in historiography meant when we were talking about that is it's not an immutable, a, a lot like say ancient history. A lot of what we have is. Best guesses, best theories about what happened based on the evidence that's available, but there's always new no evidence that can be found. You know, when yeah. they find under a supermarket like a Roman mosaic floor that they had never found before, that's, you know, like new evidence that could present other things. So it's, there is, yeah, th- there is no like history as a fact because that fact always changes based yeah. on whatever new discoveries you might find. You,
0: you can't extract literally every single thought out of someone's brain Mm -hmm. also the sources that you work with can also not be completely true because that's a person a human writing it and humans have their own
1: relationships and motives and understandings to write things in certain ways i didn't even think about that yeah this this is almost this ai whatever chatbot project is almost 100% 100% based off of secondary sources not primary sources because do you really think that somebody went through and parsed every single like diary entry and telegram that henry ford sent for information because i don't even think the chatbot however it works would be able to use that this is a hundred percent they've uploaded like four biographies yeah without actually proofreading any of them and th- that's my question about like the osama bin laden one is it's like where are they getting this information from?
0: And if you did take out primary sources, uh, Henry Ford would probably be using stuff when his newspaper was brought up from his newspaper that he wrote in his newspaper. Mm -hmm. And that would not read like what we read. That would read, frankly, probably disgusting.
1: Well, yeah, because it's like when you're apologizing like that, where it's like, man, it was a newspaper I own and there were some articles that were wrong. It's like... Well, but Henry Ford was the owner and editor and writer, so I don't think he published anything he didn't agree with. No. Because you know who could have stopped it from being published? Henry Ford. Uh, This is, yeah, I I don't... I know it's like you can't really ban stuff like this, but, man, it's just so, like, tech bro-y
0: and you have to think about, like, people, what is the thought? Why would you do this? Like, why, what's your thought process? What do you think people will gain from having this out there? Like, sure, this is a fun game to you, some person who knows how to code and create an AI. But these things are dangerous just as much as deep fakes are dangerous or just as much as someone posting on TikTok that Rome isn't real Is dangerous.
1: We need to do a podcast about that. But like, (laughs) I love that lady.
0: Is you look back in the past, and you might think, "Oh, people were really stupid
1: back then." Mm -hmm. They were still people. (laughs) We're still stupid. Yeah, that that's actually there's a lot of those kinds of things where it's like there's an there's just a baseline assumption that we're somehow smarter than people even a thousand years ago. Yeah, and it's like, well, but if you bring the same as if you bring a person from that time here. They probably wouldn't be able to function just because, well, they have no base reference for anything. Yeah. If you put a person here, then they die of like dysentery in like a day. Yeah. like, And it's not because anything like that. It's just like, yeah, no, it's just there's still people and <laughs> there's still you, humans. Yeah.
0: And like you might look back to very recent history, the 90s, Beanie Babies. Sure, you might look back as Beanie Babies being treated as an investment as really fucking stupid, Mm -hmm. but but (laughs) the same people who made these were also extremely interested in digital Beanie Babies.
1: Yeah, buy your JPEGs here. You you know, there's there's some like myth myth making, like just general and like mainstream historical knowledge, such as. Um, I think my sister said this one the other day, the one about how you know people only lived to be like 24 back in the day. So Ooh. of course, you know they weren't as smart. And it's like, no, that's not really true. That's kind of a a myth. That's you know because I guess we're a history podcasters. We should explain it's you know the aggregate was 24. People yeah. lived to be 80. It's just because so many babies and children would die at a young age because there's so many diseases. Yeah. But, but
0: once once you made it to like your teenage years, you're basically set unless you uh, you know somehow got a disease or died in a war or something, but like yeah. your chances of living to the standard age that most people live to today was
1: quite high. Yeah. Cause people didn't magically start to live to be like 80, like a hundred years ago. Yeah. There's no like magical technology we invented that did that. It's just, well, medicine got better, but yeah, eh, people still lived through like the black plague and stuff. So yeah. yeah. And it's,
0: it's just hard to think about these issues as they come up like this this could be dangerous, but also like you know, there's always been wary things, whether it's people arguing that you know the TV will make you stupider or stuff.
1: it just it happens just so much faster nowadays in our modern age I, I and I'm sure this is more me assuming of the past like of course you know when you're living like world war 1 world war 2 wow things just suck but it's just like it just feels like it's constant now where there's just like a new like ai chatbot hitler that's like no actually the holocaust wasn't that bad and i i didn't mean to do it and that's what our kids are going to be learning because some tech bro got in charge of the school literature and stuff and Yeah, that's the, or the curriculum and that's just what they decided to put in because their company or, makes money off of it.
0: Or, or the overworked underpaid teacher is trying to come up with a lesson plan that'll be approved and since we've allowed parents to also have an input on what goes on in the classroom yeah, you might need to just pump out something real quick and easy which is talk to AI Henry Ford. <sighs>
1: that's great. I think that we should just pay teachers more and give you more of an incentive to, I mean, I don't know how you fix historical curriculum because there's only so much you can do without skipping other things, especially if you're like, you know, you're a nursing major, you don't need to take 15 different history classes, giving you a full breadth of things. We definitely need to make sure that the teachers that are doing it are both well compensated and know what they're doing and yeah. are just a football professor. I think I think history does get, and I'm going to get on a soapbox for a little bit, even though this is our soapbox podcast, yeah. I think history does get just generally disrespected because people see the value in math, right? Like, oh, that's money, that's numbers, that's important. People see the value in English because, well, I mean, you got to learn English. That's like, you know, important because... That's what you speak and you know, you're know you supposed to do it. And people see the Valiant like signs because it's like, oh, that's what the smart people do and like labs. But it's like history in general. It's like it's never been that respected in like middle and high school and stuff because it's kind of just the stepchild of, well, I guess we have to do this. It,
0: history is that class that you're going to like talk to your dad about because he reads too many World War II books. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. And that that's the assumed thing is what you're going to talk about is one, I mean, extremely important moment in history, but also not really that big of a span of time in relative to human existence.
1: History is that class where your teacher makes you pick a concentration camp and write like a two page paper over it and then read it. And then you have high schoolers with almost no supervision reading their paper about concentration camps that they wrote. And it's like, Oh God,
0: <laughs> um, an actual anecdote from my, uh, freshman year of high school. Oh, that history? was from my high school class. That oh, happened.
1: That happened. Yeah. That's what we did. <laughs> we spent two weeks on the Holocaust <laughs> yeah, and I that God, was God. what you half know. of it was, was, you know, like learning about it a little bit while well, the teacher like showed us clips from uh call of duty. And then, uh, and then we wrote papers about it and half the class didn't really care and they're like yeah concentration camps were bad cuz they'd send people there and it's like wow very good susie very good have you all learned something now <laughs> it's like yeah uh I,
0: my freshman year of high school history class uh the teacher actively pulled up the uh you know that international list of victims of communism that includes all of the Nazis that fought on the Eastern Front. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, she did a uh, way to describe uh, communism, which she brought in donuts for the class and made us all wait in line, and then gave donuts, but to people, and then she started cutting them up into smaller amounts and they're like, see, you didn't get in line quick enough, so you only get a piece of donut instead of an f- entire donut. And then near the end of the line, no one got donuts at all. And at the end, she's like, so people who didn't get donuts at all are small pieces. How do you feel? And they're just like, I mean, this kind of sucks. You said we get donuts. And she's like, yep, that's why communism is bad. And that has been seared into my brain.
1: I, Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to improve the yeah. curriculum. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if a national curriculum would be good, but holy cow. It's like, come on, guys. We we need something like you have like a baseline of what you're supposed to teach in like every other subject, but I feel like history teachers always just kind of wing it, and it's like okay, we're we're just in for the ride, baby. We're gonna stop wherever we stop. Like this year, it's gonna be we make it to 1945 next year. We're going to make, it. I never learned about the Vietnam war or the Korean war and or, it, or the it, Gulf war. It, it was
0: in the textbooks. I,
1: and that's the question. That's the question is as we, and he, here's the larger thing. I think I was trying to breach upon, but I kind of forgot about it earlier is not making it to the modern day. didn't matter as much when we were kids in like the two thousands, right? Yeah. Cause like the Iraq war or you know Afghanistan war, nine eleven was all like five years ago. Yeah. But now it's like, I was talking to some kids uh, at, like, I think a family reunion or something, and, of course, I was talking about 9-11 to them, but um, there's, like, no baseline of knowledge, right? Because when you're born in, like, 2005, what what are you supposed to do? Like, when you turn, like, you know, 12 in, like, 2017...
0: How are you supposed to comprehend a war that... You know, had people fighting in it who weren't who were born after nine eleven.
1: Yeah, and and you still have to learn everything I learned, right? Yeah. Like the Civil War, Revolutionary War, colonization, all that stuff. You still have to learn that. But then when you don't even make it to the modern day, I think that's half of where that the TikTok educational stuff comes in, where it's like, wow, you know, I didn't even learn about this, and it's like, I bet they're not making it to like Vietnam. I, I bet they probably. They would have to like skip Vietnam right. like the entire 20th century and just go, okay, okay, 9 11 happened. Uh, uh, we invaded Iraq and we got the bad guys. Come to the semi final state championship game.
0: Uh, Bearcats are gonna win. All right, you're good. Yeah. Um, and I haven't, I mean, I want, I'd like to see a modern textbook. From like a you know middle school or high school history class. Also, I would like to hear what other horror stories people have from their high
1: school history class experiences. I've thought about that before, where it's like I I wouldn't want to be with kids because I, I I hate kids, but yeah. I I would love to just be able to take a modern like high school history class, like like just by my just have like a teacher like okay here's what I'm doing just because yeah. I kind of want to know what like how far they get what the lesson like I want to know now with my like adult brain oh yeah this is what I was doing here are the lessons and stuff because you know like vaguely remember like middle school you know Kansas history or whatever yeah but I, I don't I, I kind of want to go back over it when it's like okay I'm gonna actually pay attention this time Yep. Yeah. I'm I'm not going
0: to like do half the worksheet and then say oh I didn't know there was a back to this worksheet and hope that it gets like passed away <laughs>
1: the classic uh
0: yeah, no, I just, which, I mean, man, the, the history class was always the class that people just messed around
1: in. Yeah. I mean, the teachers too. I think, I think this podcast would be the, please God, give us more historical literacy. Stop teaching calculus in high school. Start teaching like modern era history class. That, that That's the name of the podcast. Yeah. i think that's that's what it all boils down to uh, the plea to the board of education please just just improve things (laughs) make things better fund it we don't need more private schools we just need you to actually teach things
0: well i think this is a wrap we never did an intro (laughs) we did not uh well, this has been Clio History. I have been Matt. I have been RC. Hopefully, there's uh, more episodes than this one coming up soon. For oh, there'll the, be more
1: episodes. Yeah. I'm not going to make any promises of soon, but we're like, the okay, the podcast is never going to die, guys. Okay. I'm saying that there just might be like year long breaks. Okay. So I'll tell your friends to listen.
0: Or we might have an episode next week. Who knows? Anyway, uh, you can follow us at uh, Clio History. You can email us
1: at Cleohistory history at gmail No, is it podcast? Cleo history podcast. cleohistory podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well yeah, well, uh thanks. thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>